Thursday, November 4th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, our man in Colorado, Tim Byers. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Fully caffeinated, ready to go. <laughs> Likewise. Uh, we have a trio of third quarter earnings reports in streaming video, edge computing. We're going to start in global travel. Profits and revenue for booking holdings came in higher than expected. Shares of Priceline's parent company got close to a new all-time high this morning. They've sort of dropped a little bit down from there, but still in positive territory. Um, uh, Maybe this is a gross understatement, but this seemed like a good quarter. (laughs) That is a gross understatement. You are correct, sir. That is a gross understatement. Um, Yeah, this is a study in resilience. Uh, Chris, we are back traveling again. So just a couple of numbers here. So gross, uh, the the gross bookings. So this is gross travel bookings. Twenty three point seven billion dollars. Uh, that's a lot of money. Uh, that increased seventy seven percent, seventy five percent in constant currency, and four point seven billion dollars in net revenue. So that's after everything has been uh, paid out. That's what. You know, booking actually gets that was also a seventy-seven percent increase. Uh, gosh, I mean, net income profits tripled. I mean, Chris, this is a business that we always knew was good. Um, maybe we didn't know it was this good because remember that during the height of the pandemic last year, at this time, nobody was going anywhere. And for us at The Motley Fool, gosh, we haven't even gotten back into offices yet. And so there are still people who are reticent. Um, We're also, you know, getting some painful reminders that the pandemic isn't over. And for, for football fans, boy, this is a particularly painful one. Aaron Rodgers has been diagnosed COVID positive and apparently hid the fact that he was unvaccinated. So it's not like this is over. And yet, things are getting better, and booking has found a way to just steadily kind of find a way to keep the bit, not only keep the lights on, but keep the business humming along. I'll give you one more stat here, Chris. Uh, cash from operations for booking holdings up over the nine months is more than tripled. This is a company that's generating $2.5 billion, billion with a B, you know, Dr. Evil B, turned up turned up pinky. Um, This is a massive, massive showing for a company that by all rights last year should have been on the rocks, but resilient, very resilient. Very resilient. And um, uh, Fogel, the CEO, was on CNBC this morning. And, uh, you know, similar to uh, Mark Tritton from Bed Bath & Beyond, uh, the other day, it, you know, wasn't wasn't really uh, beating his chest too much about the quarter they just put together. Was was very yeah. measured in terms of uh, the continued threat of COVID and what that means for their mm-hmm. business. Um, I, I'm curious though, Tim, when you look at look, this is now a 100 billion dollar company, right. booking holdings throughout its history. Um, one of the ways this business has grown is through acquisition. They, they've yep. been a uh, not a rampant acquirer of other businesses, but I would say a steady one. They yes. haven't made any acquisitions in a couple of years. I'm, I'm wondering if you think uh, come 2022, um, 
or maybe the year after that, they are going to start getting back into acquisitive mode. Um, it's, and I want to be clear, I'm not saying yeah. they need to. I'm just saying that's right. been their pattern as a business. And I'm wondering if you think um, they're going to go shopping anytime soon. I do. And there's a financial statistic that bears this out, Chris. Um, so I'll, I'll try to make this very simple. When you look at the financials of a business and you look at the balance sheet, where the excess value of an acquired company shows up on that balance sheet is in a line item called goodwill. It's essentially, there is the value of the business, like the the actual asset value of the business, and then there's the premium paid. And where we mark that premium paid, we call that goodwill and we put it on the balance sheet. So booking holdings as a percentage of its assets, goodwill, all of those acquisitions is, get this, eight, eight percent of assets, that's it. So is there room for booking to make some moves? Yeah, there's a lot of room for booking to make some moves and not crush its financials, crush its balance sheet. The company has $11 billion in cash available. It is generating a meaningful amount of cash flow. So yeah, do I expect there to be some acquisitions? I absolutely do. But what I trust about management, because they've shown this before, is that they'll be a little judicious and I think that patience that we saw in that interview, Chris, is just a reflection of how they think about, yeah, you know what? Things are better. We have capital. We can put it to work. But that does not mean we're going to rush in and do something crazy. You can expect us to be thoughtful about the next move that we make. So yeah, I 2022, would an acquisition happen? Yes, I'm expecting it. I do not expect it to be huge. I actually expect it to be measured and, you know, fitting with what booking is trying to do. Shares of Fastly are up a bit this morning. Third quarter profits and revenue came in higher than expected for the Edge Cloud Platform Company. I want to get to the conference call in a minute, but in terms of the results, um, I know it wasn't like these were the highest expectations going in for Fastly, but they did beat right. them. They did beat them, and you know there. We can talk about this. There is value to the. Guess what, folks? This one didn't stink. Like, <laughs> yes, there. There's value to that. It turns out, but um, because the growth was better, right? They did beat expectations. The guidance was not terrible. It was in line. And, you know, 23% revenue growth, um, the cash burn is still there, the company is still investing, the customer growth was meaningful. But here's the thing, Chris, and with Fastly, you, when you look at the call and you look at what the CEO said, you kind of have to make a determination here. It is either, wow, this is bananas, this company's going to be amazing, or, oh boy, this is delusional. And there's not much room in between. So let me hit why this is. Here's what they said. Um, so this is CEO Joshua Bixby saying uh, three goals from now till 2025. Number one, actually four goals. Number one, we're going to be a billion-dollar company. The rough run rate today is about $360 million. So let's just call it a tripling. Now, from now to 2025, we're going to triple the business. And to do that, we are going to increase the usage of our latest platform, the big one, Compute at Edge, which is the Edge computing platform by 50X by next year, this time next year. 
we are going to have 100,000 enterprise developers by 2023. And then by 2025, the security business, what they acquired was Signal Sciences, that's going to grow by 10x from now till 25. And for some context around that, Chris, today, I my math says Signal Sciences, which they acquired a couple of years ago now, um, well, not a couple of years, let's call it 18 months ago, um, that now is roughly a $40 million business. They're saying about a $400 million business by 2025 or 40% of the overall company. That is substantial. They did not, to be clear about this and why we don't know whether or not this is, you know, like we're getting bamboozled here and this is a banana in the tailpipe and we don't know it. it they didn't tell us where they're starting from. And that is kind of the issue. So if you believe Joshua Bixby, this is an amazing story. If you don't, then you might be saying, yeah, this is delusional. We don't know what the starting line is. And it's really hard to know which it is, Chris. Do you think part of the the goal setting here is a mindset that says, look, we're going to set some audacious goals. And even mm -hmm. if we fall short, we've we've improved dramatically. Because, you know, tripling your revenue in four years' time, that doesn't seem like an insane goal to me. Uh, 50x anything? <laughs> that, that seems a bit more dodgy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. We don't know where where they're starting from. And so I do like it, but I think what this is more about, Chris, is and and this is this is the skeptical view of it. So let's be clear about this and I could be wrong. The skeptical view is Joshua Bixby, the CEO, is really tired of being questioned and he wants to give a narrative to the street that in improves investor sentiment. And we sometimes hear this like, investor sentiment is really, really low. And as long as it's really, really low, this stock is not going to go anywhere. So it's like a ploy to improve investor sentiment. That's the skeptical view of it. The hopeful view of it is we really believe in what we're doing and we're shooting for the moon. So I'm not buying anymore, but I feel like the next thing to do is show me next quarter what was your starting line and how are you doing? Now I want to now I want to see you prove it. For Roku, platform revenue was up, streaming hours were up, but shares are down this morning after revenue came in light and guidance for the holiday quarter was lower than what Wall Street was hoping for. There are a couple places I want to go with Roku, but what did you think of the quarter? I thought it was good. I mean, I, I really did. And I think this is a business, honestly, Chris, that is showing itself to be um, much better than we give it credit for. Because, you know, this is a company that's generating cash, continues to generate cash, is growing substantially, and it's growing its footprint. Um, you know, another one and a half million active accounts in, in the quarter. Um, now they are up to um, 56.4 million active accounts, margins improving. I, Chris, I, I, unless we believe that streaming is not going to be a thing, like streaming outside of Netflix, streaming other services, Roku is 
maybe the most interesting alternative to a cable bundle that exists. Because inside Roku, you can have the box, you can have your internet connection, and you can own all your pay-per-view services that you want, and you can kind of create your own bundle. And it's an amazing way to do it that is more affordable. It delivers lots of original content. And the customer growth does speak to that. So yeah, were the ex did they miss on the expectations? Yes, they did. But the, the growth here is I, I, I'm very impressed by the growth. Just a, a couple of other quick things here. So the active accounts were up 23%. The average revenue per user, in other words, the spend per subscriber here, up 49%. The overall platform revenue, which is basically the, the platform itself, the subscription revenue, that's up 82%. Gross profit in this uh uh, part of the business up 94%. I mean, Chris, I, I, I don't know how to say this other than those are great numbers. So there's nothing fundamentally wrong with the business. Maybe the expectations are misaligned, but the business is great. Let me go to the expectations for a second. Anthony Wood's been running this company for a long time. Um, yeah. Is he just, is he being like my first thought when I saw the guidance was, I think he's being cautious. Which is probably you know, there's there's virtually no downside and only upside in being cautious going into the holiday quarter. Absolutely, and you know, this is a really, if we're going to be honest about it, we think this is going to be an amazing holiday quarter because we've got pent up demand, and you know we've we've got some cash that people are ready and willing to deploy, and yet. Inflation is on the rise. I don't want to make a macro argument here, like this is not the big macro segment we're talking about here, but inflation is on the rise. Will consumers be a little more cautious? Is caution merited here? For a consumer-facing business, sure. And you're right, you know, we we almost never go wrong with a management that is more conservative. Um, and we can frequently go wrong with managements that are hopelessly optimistic and overly aggressive. So, yeah, I'm going to give Ro Roku the benefit of the doubt here. Um, one more question about expectations, and this has to do with the stock. Right now, it's, it's just under $300 a share. Over the past yep. year, this stock has been as low as 200 and as high as almost 500 Right? Is Roku a business that, for people who don't own it, um, do they need to have a stronger stomach? Um, I don't think of Roku as being a risky business, and I don't think of the stock as yeah. being um, an all or nothing sort of like, you got to be prepared for this thing to go to zero. But when yes. I look at a chart like that, I think, boy, I don't own shares. And I bet for people who do own shares, uh, they've had a couple of rough moments just looking at this, depending on what direction it's going in. No doubt. I mean, yeah, do they need to have a stronger stomach? I don't know about that, but do you need to own a lot of stocks, like at least 25? If Roku is one of them, I would say, yeah, please do. Or in lieu of that, own a, a, a significant portion of your assets in an index fund so that, you know, the Roku roller coaster, for lack of a better term, doesn't 
force you into an emotional decision you shouldn't make uh, because this kind of volatility can start to play with your emotions and play with your, your nervous system. And you don't want that. You want to have enough other assets that this one just looks like, wow, okay, that looks terrible right now, but at least I've got some other things going on over here. Always good to have one more reason to be diversified. Always, exactly, yeah. Diversification is is great. We, we preach it a lot, but also just for, for the benefit, like if you have a lot of other stuff, um, then there are the odds are good. Like if it's today and you own Roku, but you also own Fastly, you're like, well, that one sucks. But hey, hey, look, Fastly didn't didn't stink it up this quarter, and the stock is up. Amazing, I love it. Like you can have that, and that's great. Tim Byers, great talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. See you on Monday.